a brand new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast is about to begin. It's time to be inspired by simple and actionable solutions for you and your business. If you're an established entrepreneur or just laying down the first brick of your future empire, the mantra is the same. We will flip any failure into a positive and use it to our advantage. This show is all about turning coal into diamonds. With the right plan and mindset, anything is possible. I'm Jennifer John, your host, business coach, and founder of Best Planner Ever. And I'm here to help you achieve all your ambitious goals. Success is closer than you think. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast. I'm so excited for my guest today. I have a feeling that there's an there's a chance that we might like want to talk for two hours today because this is a topic that we both love so, so much. So welcome, Michelle Phillips to the show. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Michelle, you guys, is the founder of Key Performance, and she's the author of Happiness is a Habit. I absolutely love, love, love this title. Simple daily rituals that increase energy, improve well-being, and add joy to every day. Michelle specializes in one of my absolute favorite topics, increasing happiness and individual performance in the workplace. And by using the latest findings of neuroscience, habits, and positive psychology, Michelle shares the formula for happiness and and success in an enjoyable and enthusiastic manner. All right, you guys, I know you're going to absolutely love her. Michelle, I cannot wait to dive in. But bio is wonderful. Give us a little bit of the background of your story and how did you come to do this kind of work? Thank you, Jennifer. Oh my gosh. I've listened to some of your podcasts. So first of all, you're doing such a good service to the world. We need these messages. And I'm so excited because I do think we could talk for two hours. But one of the, so I worked as a salesperson at Verizon Wireless. And one of the very first classes, the very first class I got trained to train for them to workshop was Franklin Covey's time management. Mm -hmm. And what he did there was married your values and goals with your calendar. And it just shifted my whole life. It shifted the way I set goals. It shifted the way I lived. And after doing training there for so many years, I just followed the energy, right? So happiness, energy, being productive. And I started getting requests to do, you know, workshops for other companies. I started moonlighting in 97 and in 2000, I jumped ship and was doing workshops. Um, And then coaching wasn't really even a thing then. And then coaching. And then I authored the book, Happiness is a Habit, because happy people really do have happy habits. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And this is something that I see. I want to talk to you a little bit about creating the habit of happiness, because one of the classes that we teach is living in the higher emotions. And when you're living in those higher emotions, the joy, the love, the peace, right? We're not talking about anger, guilt, shame. Not that we don't feel those things, we absolutely do. But in your day-to-day, the emotional house that you have built and which emotions you're spending the most time in, I do feel like is a huge contributor into your level of success, but also just your day-to-day sense of happiness, fulfillment, accomplishment. But it's not always easy, I think, if you're stuck in those lower emotions of just how do I get into some of those higher emotions? So first, I know that was like 10 questions in one, but first, let's just unpack a little bit, like the ideas behind happier people naturally 
excel, succeed. Just talk a little bit to that. You know, I think there have been a lot of scientific studies on this as well to kind of back up these findings. Yeah, that's what I love too. So that's, I would call myself the playful sage because I have so much information that's scientifically proven, but also I want people to have fun. I want to make it easy. So when I wrote my book, Happiness is a Habit, the research said that when people spend time regularly doing something mentally, physically, spiritually, or emotionally for themselves, they just felt better. So when I started looking at that research and looking what happy people do, right, I realized that's where we get out of balance because some people, you know, when you work with an athlete who might be just a fabulous physical specimen, but spends no time on their emotional, mental state, or you work with an executive who's at, you know, really successful at their career, but their relationships with their kids are suffering. So it's really looking at people as a whole and, you know, how are you, what are you doing for yourself in those four areas? And I love to tell people you could take a walk in the woods with a loved one and hit all four, right? It's not that you have to do, people go, oh, now you want me to do all these different, you know, extra work. And I'm like, no. I mean, I literally keep an easy button on my desk and I give it to all my clients because I want to make this so easy that you can't fail. And when you give someone that's an easy step, take something, do something so easy and then add to it and then add again. And then before you know it, people are so much more confident and then they're also happy and fulfilled. Right, right. It is possible. It is possible. I think that sometimes I've, I've had people who almost will sometimes tear you down a little bit because they're not happy. You know, why should anybody be happy? But almost just like, if you're happy, then you must not be like aware of all the bad things going on. Or if you're happy, you're just burying your head in the sand and you're not really, you know, paying attention to the problems or you're just a dipshit. You know, I'm a blonde. So it's like, oh, she's happy because she's a blonde and she's just an idiot. Um, none of it is true. And I have at at times actually have found myself almost defending happiness as what I believe is a choice. And I believe it's a powerful, powerful choice that we make when we decide, you know what, I can, there's very little in this world I can control, but I can control my reaction. I can control how I want to respond to a situation. I can control if I'm going to learn from something challenging. I can control my anger. I can work on myself. I can learn how to process emotions. Like these are all things within my control. And I really do feel like that the choice to be happy is a very powerful and almost complex choice that we make. And I'm not talking about somebody who's had a lobotomy <laughs> or, you know, yeah, no, those are just happy all the time, so many, right? Right. You hit on so many good things and it really is a choice. And for me, even I'm playful and I like bright colors and I, I don't want, I, I will give you all the science, but I will have fun doing it. So yeah. really owning that this is who I am and I'm not this corporate serious, you know, all facts person. And then the, the biggest thing I learned too is the difference between what I call sweat equity, right? And I call it glowing and flowing, right? Like all the research around flow, right? When someone gets into the flow, right? Mm-hmm. They're really, or an athlete is in the flow or when you're just at your desk creating something and you're in flow, you're so much more productive and you're so much more helpful. And you mentioned um, when we first got on about those higher emotions, 
that if I can own that happiness is just as important as any other, you know, goal that someone has, that when I am in those higher emotions, I am of great help to everybody, right? I'm a benefit to myself and I'm a benefit to my clients. I'm a benefit to the community, to the world at large. When I'm stuck in anger and frustration and looking at the doom and gloom report and everything that's going wrong with the world, I'm contributing to the problems, not changing the planet. You know, someone came up to me once at the end of a talk and said, kind of what you see, you know, how can you be so happy? You know, don't you see what's happening? And it's like, I always, there's an example, you know, if we were climbing a mountain, you know, a couple of us and the rocks started to crumble and one person went, oh my God, the sky is falling. We're right. We're going to die. And the other person said, I got this. Take a breath, go slow. But you want to be with the person who's confident and steady, not the one that's focusing on all the doom and gloom. So I realized that holding on to this, I always say, um, one of my, I have all these crazy sayings, hold the light. When someone comes at me with negativity, when someone comes at me with doubting what I'm saying, I say, hold your light, Michelle. I don't have to, it's not a competition. I don't have to defend. I don't have to get into it with them. I just hold my light and know that they're not connected right now. Yeah. And what do you say, I'm sure in your work, you see and work with these people who say, I want to be happier. And then they go and they do things and they're thinking it all leads to staying stuck in this just, you know, dissatisfaction, constant disappointment, never really being fulfilled, not actually being happy yet. They say, oh, I really want to be happier. Like, what's a step that they can take? Or what is something that you recommend a person who like, they say they want to be happy, but they're not really doing anything to get themselves into that place? Like, what's a step or two that they can take to kind of start this process? Yeah. Thank you. So my first book was Happiness is a Habit and it's 44 habits, right? So, and the habits are meant to be simple and they, there's something as listening to a positive playlist in the morning, you know, journaling, meditating, reading, like it or not, successful people take time to tune themselves in the morning. Just like you, you know, you don't, you don't need to know how to play piano to know someone's hitting a wrong note. Right. So it's almost like you need to tune your energy every morning. So my next book is all about energy, but which is not out yet. But it's taking that time in the morning to read something that inspires, motivates, or uplifts you. Listen to a happy, productive podcast, right? (laughs) Exercise, right? You really have to put yourself first and know that the energy you create first thing in the morning is what you take with you. Right. So, and, and not. I think the biggest things I find with my clients is realizing you will not sustain happy. Mm -hmm. It's an up and down life. People go, oh, I did it for three weeks and then I gave up. I'm like, well, so then get back on track. Right. And when you're more, when you're happy more often, then you're going in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. And that's really what we're talking about. I don't think it's realistic to be like, I'm going to be happy 100% of the time. It's just not realistic. It's not going to happen. Life happens. There's a whole slew of emotions. I really think it is about just generally, I'm in a happier place. Generally, I'm living from a happier place. Because I find that when I am in a better place, I have a different perspective. I can pull the lesson out. I can see stuff that I can't see when I'm all stuck in it. And it's so funny that you mentioned that about like it taking time in the morning because one of my little secret things, not secret, but one of my little secret things I do 
is I have a playlist on my phone called Morning Inspiration. And I have filled it with songs that just get me empowered and they're fun. And I listen to this while I'm in the shower and doing my hair and getting ready because I have to get ready anyway. But why can't I also just like super duper motivate myself while I'm doing what I have to do anyway, so it doesn't feel like it's something else I need to add to my list to do today. I'm like, no, I just mash those two together. And getting ready now becomes like one of the most inspiring times for me during a day. And it, it, right, it makes such a difference when you start your day of listening to just this, this songs that motivate and inspire you. Like, it's just like nothing could come at me today that I couldn't, I don't feel like I couldn't handle or learn from or grow from when you start the day like that versus, oh my God, another, it's Tuesday, another day to survive kind of a mentality. Oh my gosh, I took some notes. You hit on so many things. We could go so many different directions, but it's right. It's proving to yourself, which I love what you said. And that's what I try to do with my clients. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I want you to prove to yourself, oh, on the days I listen to music and when I'm getting ready, I feel better. Make the connection. Right. And I love that you said that too, because one of my um, habits is listen to audiobooks in the shower or music. Right. So you're in there getting ready anyway. And then I'll give you some of the science. Right. So in the positive yeah. psychology world, the difference between optimists and pessimists through the research was that the way they explained the events of their life. So if a pessimist and an optimist both got laid off from their job on the same day, the pessimist tends to let it affect everything in their life. And they see things as universal and permanent. I'm no good. I'm not smart. I can never get ahead. Where an Mm -hmm. optimist doesn't let it affect everything in their life. It's one area of their life. And they believe it's temporary and specific. This company doesn't need me, but another company will. This Mm -hmm. is temporary. So while I'm home, I'll work out. I'll try on some new recipes. You know, so just the way they process events are different. So I always challenge people to look at the way you explain the events. And then what I love about Dr. Martin Seligman's work is optimism can be learned. Oh, I love that. Optimism can absolutely be learned. What do you say to a pessimist who doesn't realize they're a pessimist? Like they, they're like, Oh, no, no, I'm not negative. I don't always see the bad side of things. But then like other people can certainly recognize, yeah, you kind of do. You always go to glasses half empty. But I'm just curious, like if you are a pessimist, I think it's possible to not necessarily realize that you're that you are. So is there any kind of a quick way of kind of like, hey, (laughs) I have a little quick way I like to use, but I'm curious, like, what's a quick way to recognize, oh, wait a second, I'm being pessimistic or I'm being optimistic? Yeah, I think I take, I wear many hats, right? So if I'm in a hat, if I'm wearing my coaching hat or my, you know, some, my workshop leader hat, right? Or my, you know, I'm going to tell you straight out, right? You hire me to tell you the hard things, right? I'm not a friend. A friend says, oh yeah, you had a bad day, you know, but a coach says, no, let's like, you know, figure this out, right? So, you know, yeah. that's gonna, we're gonna move forward. But in my personal life, honestly, and let people, I don't, I try not to be the preacher because I do love this topic so much. I steer the conversation, right? I just don't, I just do not participate in negative conversations. And mm-hmm. people will be like, well, you're being kind of quiet. And I'm like, because I don't want to go down that road with you because I know it's not going to get us anywhere. Or in some people ask me, what do you think? 
And, you know, sometimes I'll say, do you realize, you know, do you want, do you want me, do you want some coaching or do you, I always ask permission when I'm in my personal life. Yeah. Because a lot of times people don't realize that they're being negative and I want to make sure they want to know because some people don't want to know. So again, I always ask permission again with my coaching hat is on. That's why you hired me. I've been doing this so long. Most of the people in my life, just you teach people how to treat you. Yeah. And they know if they're calling me, they better t- bring in their happy game, right? Or I don't want to see happiness isn't fake. It's bring me what's right. going right in your life. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about what's not going right as long as we're going to pivot and look at ways to help. Or, or I'm happy to be, I always say in the mud for a little while, but I'm not going to stay there with you. Right. Uh, so I don't know. This is a long answer to a question, but not everybody's ready to receive the news. <laughs> It's so true. I have been a coach now for over a decade and I see this, like I can tell it's like you, you're asking me what I think and I will tell you because you've asked me, but you can tell when they're not really in a place where they can receive it. And I've even had clients who have come back to me years later and they're like, oh, Jen, you know, you told me this and I couldn't hear it back then. And that's fair. I'm very patient. I will wait. (laughs) I can wait it out with a client for as long as it takes for them to be in a place where they can receive, right? Yeah. I have two questions you just reminded me to as I give my clients. Every couple hours, I want you to ask two questions. How are you feeling? And are you happy with your results? Mm. you're feeling jazz and you're feeling your, I I say glowing and flowing and you're happy with your results, keep moving. If not, something's up. Right. And that's where the pessimists, they start to realize, Oh my gosh, I am negative a lot of the time, or I am in frustration or hurry or whatever it is. Yeah. So true. And I realized that the process of asking questions, it's so powerful. And this is why everybody needs a coach. In my world, everybody needs a coach, guys. And not just because I am one, but because I have worked with so many different coaches. And they haven't all been great, but I've, I've always learned something great, no matter what. But like a coach can see in a different perspective than you can see. And even when I work with my coach, it's like, okay, you know, here's where I'm at. And here's where I'm stuck. And here's where I'm not getting that result. Help me. But I always have to be open to hear. If I can't hear it, then it's not going to get in. And even if I don't like it, it's okay not to like it. I need to think about it and process it a little bit. But like, that's where the value I think of working with a coach can be so helpful that they, they are an outside perspective and can, you know, talk you off the cliff or give you something else to think about. And this is where I just, I love coaching because you can see it when you're not in it. But when you're in it, and even us coaches, like we have to work with coaches too, because we get in our stuff as well. But if you want to get out of it and, and really get a different result, you have to come to that conversation, being willing to try to hear it, even if you're not quite there yet, at least if you make the attempt to really hear it. I think that's where the change and the transformation really, really comes from. Yeah. And you know, I call, I, I, I say glowing and flowing, right? So when someone really yeah. negative gets in my path, I'm just going to glow and flow. I, you know, unless you want my help, I'm happy to help whoever, because I love this topic, right? And even in my own yeah. family, right? You know, I always say this person in my family might be being negative or might be, you know, but I work on myself. I have a coach. I am a coach. I know better. So it's not, maybe not for me to change them, but it's for me to help them. It's for me to have some compassion And to know that maybe if I didn't have any training or coaching, I'd be in the same place. So I think it's a little bit of both, um, the compassion and 
again, if anyone asks me a question and they want to go down this path, I'm so happy, right, to have the conversation and to know when you're emotionally hijacked. Oh my gosh, I'm emotionally hijacked. You know, I need to get back on track. And how can I do that? Yeah, I think for me, one of the most important things I've learned is that whenever I start like feeling sorry for myself, or I start feeling like I don't have any control, I'm powerless, I can't really make a change here, you know, any of that woe is me stuff. Now I've been doing it for so many years, it's immediate like, uh oh, you're in victim mindset, you're being a pessimist, you need to just take a moment to feel it. I really do give myself some time to feel it. But then I intentionally shift it. And And that's when I feel like, I think naturally I'm an optimist just naturally, but I mean, it doesn't mean that we don't have things that we deal with, but you can learn that. You absolutely can this. Now I'm going to flip it around. Now I'm going to see the lesson. Now, wait, look at what I can control. Not so much of what I can't, you know, all of those kinds of things. But that's helped me a lot of just like, wait a second, do I feel sorry for myself or do I feel like I'm, I love your, um, glowing and flowing. Oh, that's like so exciting to me. Like I want to to play with, with words. Yeah. I even named the voices in my head. So in my new book, I talk about, you know, we have two, I always say we have two voices. One voice yep. is like, hell yeah, Jen, you can do it. And the yep. other voice is like, yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. So I named my voices Wanda and Grace. And Wanda is my voice of negativity. She's the, you know, the victim. And even my husband and I, we, you know, we laugh. He his, is Bill. We both named our negative voices. And we were on a car trip going to Rhode Island once. And I was dead. That, that's, I don't even know, complaining about something. And he said, we're opening the window. Wanda is not coming with us. And we're throwing her out the window. So I'm still seething because I was still in a bad mood for what I can't remember why. Yeah. And we're driving. And about 10 minutes later, I started dead. And he went, I thought we threw Wanda out the window 10 miles ago. Like, why are you? And so we kind of, when you make the voice something outside of yourself, it does bring a little chuckle. It brings a little levity and realizing right. we all have a negative voice, but we also have the positive side that we don't always yep. tune into. Yeah, it's so true. I love that you named them. That's so great. <laughs> that is so great. I love it. All right, Michelle, this is just such a great conversation. And I do think that everybody really needs to hear it and to need needs to understand that happiness is actually an empowered decision that you can make and that optimism can be learned and that you can absolutely develop the habit of being in happiness more often. Um, when you work with people, I'd love to hear like, what do you feel like is like the top one or two um, biggest mistakes that you see people making in their own level of happiness? Yeah. You know, I, I've listened to your, some of your podcasts and, and it goes back to that whole, you know, if I'm not busy and running crazy, I'm not valuable. Yeah. Right. And I, I, there's a quote I use all the time. I say, busy people are boring. And mm. that kind of goes, oh. Right. Because if you really have focus and goals, you should have time to work out, manage your finances, spend time with your family, make money joyfully. Right. So, again, I always ask people like what, you know, we kind of do the wheel, right? The life wheel. Where are you spending most of your time? And, you know, people, oh, I'm spending all my time over here. You know, there's always something that's a little out of balance. So it's like if, you know, so when I work with my clients, it's the balance I'm going for. You know, if you went to a restaurant and the table was moving, it would drive you a little nuts, right? But our mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and even I could add financial balance is important. So when I work with people, it's not just about 
what looks good on paper and the next, you know, the money and the, the next promotion, but it's, will you survive your own success? Right. What's your, ha- what's your happiness portfolio look like? Yeah. You know, I just posted a video the other day that song, are you having any fun? Right. Mm. You know, are you having yeah. fun? Are you, are you laughing? Are you having joy? So when I coach people, I think it's really refreshing to look at all of it and that most people I see realize, oh my gosh, I am a little out of balance. Or like you said, on one of your podcasts, I think I was just listening, sometimes it's hard to look or nobody ever told me to look inside yeah. and to see what my emotions are telling me or what my childhood you know, upbringing is creating today. So it's really, I kind of, I call myself the light lady. Somebody named me that. I shine a light on your life and we look at, you know, where do we need to, you know, improve? Where do we need to spend yeah. a little more focus? And knowing that once you shine the light on something, it gets better. Yeah, it really, really does. It's so interesting. I'm actually going through this right now. We've been pushing hard in my company to achieve a monthly revenue goal and we hit it, but we we hit it within just a few thousand dollars. But it was so funny. Like I realized I kind of woke up because I was like, wait a second, I've been pushing to hit this goal for month after month after month. And we finally hit it. And now I'm realizing I'm out of balance. Like, this is going to kill me to keep going at this pace. Like I can't do this anymore. And now I've had to shift. I hired a coach. He's, he's like, Hey, you're doing this. I'm like, Oh crap. Right. I'm doing that. And so now we're shifting. And then the only reason I share this is that, you know, business growth is tough guys, but growing a business is tough, but personal growth is tough too. And all those lessons and stuff are in there and they're so, so valuable. But like, if you've been pushing towards something and you get to that moment and Michelle, just like, wait a second, am I really happy? Am I really having any fun? You know, why am I after this goal? And I, and I, here's the thing now, I'm not giving up the goal. In fact, I made the goal bigger, but how I'm getting there, that part I changed. Cause it's like, wait a second, I can't get there like this because this is not any fun but I can change it. And now I can actually hit the goal, even a bigger goal, and I can actually have fun at the same time. So somebody I know out there listening is like, wait a second, what have I been doing? Like when I'm going after this, am I really happy in the way that I'm approaching it? And if the answer is no, it's okay to pivot the strategy and to go about it a different way. It doesn't mean that you have to like give up fully on the goal. And it certainly doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your happiness. Everything is figure outable, but sometimes when you're so stuck in it, it's really, really hard, which is why you need to work with a coach like Michelle or Jennifer Dawn Coaching to be able to kind of get that outside perspective and and be able to kind of, you know, pivot that strategy a little bit so you're not giving up your balance, your happiness. Um, I love the wheel of life, that your life isn't so heavily weighted in one area and you're giving up all those other areas, because it really just breeds a lot of resentment and bitterness and anger when you have to give up things that you you love to supposedly be able to achieve this goal that you've set. Yeah, I love what you're saying. You don't have to give up the goal, right? And I think there's that the paradigm shift of, you know, we have to work hard, we have to push. And if that doesn't work, push harder and work harder and realizing that that model is outdated. Right. And I love what you're saying. You're not giving up your goal. So I always tell people, if you have, we all have times in our life when we're going and we have a lot, you know, we're balls in the air and we have to give our all. But then I say to people, find some breathing room on the calendar, put a half a day, put a day, take, you know, look at your calendar and give yourself some white space. Yeah. Right. And even though, you know, the next two weeks are going to be hard, 
you know that after that you have a day or you have a, you have that light at the end of the tunnel. I think it's the people that don't give themselves that breathe that breather, right? It's the ba- I keep going back to the balance, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. It's like eating. If I if I just kept stuffing my face, eventually I would, you know, that wouldn't be good. But if I didn't eat, that's not good either. Right. There's this little right. sweet spot of eating. There's a sweet spot of breathing. There's a sweet so it's really that's where the energy comes in. And I think when I started doing mental, physical, spiritual, emotional activities, I started hitting this sweet spot so often that I was like, this is like drugs. Like, I mean, like good in a good way, like a natural right. high. Right. And I was right. having this natural high because your energy goes up. It really and does. And now you're having more fun. So it's, you know, again, in my, my book, Happiness is a Habit, I tell people to pick one thing and do it for 90 days. Mm-hmm. And people don't like hear that because they think, oh, I want it all now. Right. But if you take one small thing, like listening to your playlist in the, in the shower, in the bathroom, like you said, and you do that for 90 days, and then you do another thing for 90 days, in five years, you have 20 positive, powerful habits. And habits are the things we do on autopilot. We don't even think about them. Exactly. It makes such a difference when you just do it and you step into this is who you are. Literally, it's who you become. It's not that thing that you're trying to force yourself to do every day. So I just I, I'm, I'm such a huge believer of the habits and such a big believer. One of our programs, this is exactly what we do over the course of 90 days as we help people develop these, these, we call them success habits, so that it does just start to become part of like who you are. And I love how you mapped it out over five years, if you did this every 90 days, just how many positive things that you would do. And it would not just be a game changer, it's a life changer. I love that it is a life changer. And, you know, it's realizing, like you said, the goal is the goal you can, you know, so when you have a goal, and you don't believe you can get there, you're working too hard, it's frustrating. But when you have a goal and you feel like you're making progress, it feels, it's a very different feeling. So it's giving yourself the credit for the steps, right? Yeah. You know, I took the step, I took the I think that's just so part of the glowing and flowing. I love it. I love to work. I really and truly do. And when you're just glowing and flowing and you're working, but then learn to recognize when you're like, okay, that's good. It's okay to stop today. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to go have some fun and then get back into that space tomorrow. And then it almost just becomes, again, part of who you are and how you work. I love it so much. Yeah, you're even hitting on something, you know, just those mini breaks during the day. You know, I, I, you know, I laugh, I work for myself. And even though you work for yourself, you still put a lot of pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. So whenever I feel myself, like the fight and flight goes on, and I'm getting stressed, take a walk, get up from the desk. I, I live in a very small town. So we have to pick up our mail. So the post office is 10 minutes from my house. So I walk to the post office, say hello, pick up my mail. And then it's like a reset in your day. Yeah. And we realize that, you know, and when we're just digging in and digging in, that's when we're getting tighter and tighter and tighter. So being able to release, yeah, if it's just 20 minutes. Yeah, so powerful. And honestly, you just get so much perspective, I'm sure on that walk and like you can solve problems and just do, do things that you can't do while you're sitting at your desk completely stressed out. I love it. Michelle, thank you so much for being here with me today. Can you share with everybody like where they can find you if they want to get a little more, a little more Michelle than what they've experienced on today's show? 
Thank you, Jen. Yeah. So Instagram is my just at key performance, which is the name of my company, key performance. Um, I've been doing corporate training for, oh my gosh, 25 years. But um, if you join my mailing list, www.key2unlock.com, I have my five super habits that like energize your results, right? And again, you said, I love what you said. They're life changers, not just game changers. So it's ketounlock.com and it's a two. And I would love to, you know, connect with whoever's listening. And I just, I would love to be, you know, back on again, Jen. This is such a fun conversation and it went by so quick. Oh, absolutely. This is wonderful. So you guys, we're going to put all of Michelle's information in the show notes. Please go check her out, get her book, check out her website. It's so vitally important to develop your habits of happiness. I'm uh, obviously my podcast is happy, productive, and it's all I named it that specifically because it is truly about being in a state of happiness and how we will be so much more productive when we work on that stuff for ourselves. So Thank you so much for being here with me today, Michelle. I so appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure to have this conversation. Thank you for doing the work you're doing. Ah, you're so welcome. All right, you guys, thank you. Hopefully you heard something here today that will help you. Please don't just sit on it. Get up and do something to take some action on this and to increase the happiness in your own life. That's it, you guys. Get out there and have a happy, productive day. Bye. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. If you want to learn more, come visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On our website, you're going to find free resources along with links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the lives of so many of our clients, including the Coaching Academy and our Unbreakable Retreats. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. That's it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. the She Leads Podcast Network.